To so many people, you know, lifelong uh, Cubs fans, it's our happy place. It doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field, and you guys are amazing at what you do. And that's the thing, is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful. They go beyond. When you see the same faces, year after year after year in the same sections, it makes you feel, it all feels like family that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion. Every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley Field tour because there's nothing better to do than be in Chicago and you all made that possible. Like I said, these are not just employees in my opinion, they're like family. I've brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball, they love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that. Welcome to Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, now part of the Unconfined Network. We explore the fascinating personal lives of the people inside Chicago's most iconic sports venue, Wrigley Field. Our podcast will take you on an amazing journey, introducing you to some incredible people that we've met along the way. We'll discuss hot topics, play a few games, and just try to have an overall good time. There'll be plenty of surprises along the way, so stick with us to see where our journey heads next. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. We're going to get the personal lives of people uh, that I know and work with and have a really, really good one uh, today. Really excited to have him here. Uh, you all just met him, but he's been around for a while last week. And that yep. is Israel. Israel, how's it going, Israel? Doing well, sir. Yourself? Good. We were just talking before this how uh, we both go to church and uh, I am Baptist, so I'm in church like all day. <laughs> uh, but I did not know that you worked in uh, youth ministry. So give us a little bit of background about your church, what you do there. Yeah, not a problem. Um, I've been going to this church since about 2017. Um, and through my small group, we call them fellowship groups. We meet once a week. Uh, one of the guys back then who was involved in the Connections Committee asked me if I'd help out. Um, so I started out in Connections Committee, kind of worked my way up. Uh, then I was asked by one of the pastors if I would take over Connections Committee. So we did that, officially became deacons of uh, the Connections Committee. And uh, I also teach in youth ministry. So I take part in the lesson planning meetings. And uh, I teach probably once or twice a month, whatever, whenever I can. I teach the uh, second grade to fifth grade uh, boys and girls. Yeah, at my church, my pastor was listening now. By the way, my pastor listened to my podcast. I was not there today, but I was online, so I know everything that went down. Yeah. Um, you would think that it'd be eight degrees I would go today, but I just woke up. Yeah. I just could not. I just couldn't move. <laughs> it happens. It's quite all right. Uh, but yes, at my church, uh, I also do a lot of my youth program stuff, the field trips, and the mentoring program. Nice. Mainly, what I do at my church is the nice. uh, the mentoring program. Um, yeah, I go to Mars Hill, which is on the west side. Actually, it's moving. Okay. Standing got kind of big. Yeah. Um, Mars Hill Baptist Church. My pastor usually comes. He's a huge 
Cubs fan. Matter of fact, when the Cubs won the World Series, he actually sang "Go Cubs, Go" from the pulpit that Sunday. So that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> it's good to have a pastor who is a uh, a Cubs fan. But um, so I want to get to the mm-hmm. um, thing that everybody wants to hear first, so I can get past all that and talk about the good stuff. Um, those of us that work with you, we know about uh, a recent diagnosis that had you leave Wrigley uh, for a short period of time, which I'm sure people yeah. that uh, work with us, that's what they want to hear about. So I want to get that out of the way. Uh, however much of that you want to discuss or let us know about, uh, the floor is yours. Yeah. Not a problem. So uh been battling it about a year and a half now. Um, it was initially diagnosed as renal cell carcinoma. Uh, stage one. Uh, when they went in for surgery, uh, turns out it was quite a bit more advanced than uh, initially thought. So it's stage three. And it's all, um, it's a very rare form of cancer called translocation renal cell carcinoma. Uh, highly aggressive, highly uh, high rate of reoccurrence. Um, so although they got the main portion out, it uh, started to spread. Uh, so they had to take out an additional five lymph nodes, and I am currently undergoing a chemotherapy every three weeks, one time every three weeks, scans every two months. I have to do that for at least the next year, uh, depending on how advanced it gets or how it spreads, then uh, we'll go from there. But right now, I'm just fighting the fight, trying to got good days and bad days, but so if you ever see me down, Usually it's a bad day, but good enough I can go to work. If it's bad, bad, then I don't. But most of the time I try to push through and try to be as normal as possible. Yeah, and before I go on, so the one thing about this weather is that it has my allergies crazy. If I start sneezing, yeah. the allergies, I don't know what it's about this weather, but it's got my yeah. nose running, my eyes running. Yeah. But uh, I remember the day you told me, I went to Grant, um, and it was the beginning of the day, and I was having a good day, whatever. You told mm-hmm. me, and it just like took the sale. <laughs> Israel, why did you tell me this in the morning? Yeah. Tell me this on the way out. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I immediately got everybody together. You know, we're going to sign a flag. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to send you a W flag. That'll be all good. Yeah. Uh, really yeah. Uh, everybody was, you know, uh, glad to see you come back. Um, yeah. Came back quickly, faster than ever. Um, yeah. I'm just curious uh, when you saw the W flag, even though it wasn't a surprise, I ruined the surprise. <laughs> What went through your mind when you saw the W flag? So it's funny. Uh, Ever since I've had kids, I've become a little more emotional. Uh, Going through all this, I can say off the bat, the Cubs organization and the people that I work with, you guys, have been truly amazing, more than I could have ever thought of. So when I came in that day, even though I knew about it uh, and seeing it draped over my desk, I I teared up, man. I definitely shed a tear. it meant that much to me that people thought of me when I wasn't around or cared enough to do something like that. Like that just touched my heart, man. Yeah. The last week, the last homestand that we had, uh, my brother had Caesar, uh, mm-hmm. and then he sent him home and then he had another Caesar right back the next day, uh, wow. came to the hospital and they discovered a tumor in his brain. Mm-hmm. It was aggressive. Um, I go to the hospital and I immediately thought about you. I'm like, well, yeah. he had the same thing, he got through it, came back to work. So I was actually able to yeah. deal with it. Um, he's going through a thing right now, by the way. He still having yeah. that. He went to they gave him the surgery, it was in his yeah. brain, so they couldn't get all of it, they right. want to get parts of it, uh, yeah. they didn't want to mess him up. And when the surgery was over, 
he has to know how to talk again. He's going through speech therapy now, and wow. uh, then he got COVID in the hospital. Yeah. Oh um, man, he didn't have uh, health insurance, so you know, paying out of pocket, help him out. Yeah. After that, he's in Arizona. I'm in Chicago. Uh, oh. I'm going through that now, but I must say, like, uh, I probably would have had a different reaction if mm-hmm. you had just not went through something similar. Yeah. I probably would have had a different reaction, but because you went through yeah. it uh, and came back, you know, sort of great. Uh, it has mm-hmm. helped me deal with my brother going through his situation right now. So uh, you awesome. never know. No, you don't. The life will, you know, influence other people. You never know. Oh, yeah. Most of it. I've met, you know, just talking about it. I try not to talk about it a lot. Um, but when I do tell people, it's amazing how many people out there have either dealt with it personally or a family member or a friend. Like, it's it's really touched a lot of people's lives. Yes, yes. Now, I think I hear kids in the background, but let's talk about family. Now, how many, mm-hmm. uh, I've actually seen some pictures of you. you take, by the way, you take very good pictures on Facebook. You have a good I try. iPhone or. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I try. I'm a, I'm a photographer. I love, I love taking okay. pictures. I'm the one in my family who does. Um, so I am uh, married for about 15 years married. Um, we have, well, I have four kids total, uh, two from a previous relationship. Uh, my daughters are, 19 and 22. Uh, I've been a full-time father of them since they were three and one. I've had full custody the entire time. Their mom's not really, just kind of been in and out of their life. Um, Then when uh, they were about three and six, something like that, uh, met my wife and she's been in their lives ever since. So they're now 19 and 22. And then I have, uh, my son is 14. He has autism and my baby girl is 10 years old. Now, for those that don't know, what is autism? So autism is a neurological disorder um, and it affects lots of different things. Um, there's a whole social piece to it. There's, uh, it's a cognitive learning disability kind of slows down some of the learning. It slows down some of the growth. Um, there is some physical symptoms that come along with it. For him specifically, it's his hands and fingers. He has trouble with that. Uh, when he has uh, anxiety or nervous or even happy or excited, sad, mad, um, he's a, a jumper. Like he likes to jump and he flaps his arms a little bit, um, has trouble um, connecting with other kids because his brain at 14 is a little younger, whereas freshman in high school boys, they're on a whole different level of thinking and talking uh, about things. So he has trouble that and sometimes trouble recognizing emotions um, or sarcasm is a big one. He's, he's very uh, straight to the point. He takes things for what people says, so he doesn't always get it. Or a big rule follower, routine. Like routine is huge. And with routine changes, it takes a long time for him to acclimate to it. But it's a lot of pieces, a lot of it's called the spectrum. So he's on the lower end, what was formerly called the Asperger's. Now they just call it all autism spectrum disorder. Uh, so he's a higher functioning, but uh, he still has an IEP in school that helps him out. So he does really, really well. So you have a 22-year-old. I have a question for you because, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm asking for a friend. I'm sure that people are going to mm-hmm. think about Jordan. But so when, when your child was, when your 22-year-old was in her teens, did you go through the whole, I hate you, it was a tough period? Did you go through that whole back and forth? <laughs> 
so, I'm asking for a friend. I'm just curious. Yeah, no worries. So it's funny. I've I've been blessed with all my kids. My I never went through any of that with any of them. Never had the embarrassed like like I mean, I'm always embarrassing my kids on purpose, but never like you know drop me off a block away. I don't want to be seen with you. My kids still give me a hug and cuddle with me. My my 19 year old will you know cuddle right up to me. No issues, no problem. And I think it's because when it was just me and them for three years, it was just me and my two daughters. That's it. That's all they knew. They didn't, their mother wasn't around nobody else. So we built a solid relationship from, from when they were babies all the way through. And it's, it's kind of stuck. I've been really lucky. Yeah. You no, know, I know a 23 year old. Let's just call him Horton. He gave, okay. his, dad a, he gave his dad a rough time. When he was like, you know, you're really tough and I hate you and all that. And I'm just curious about how, you know, mm-hmm. other people deals with their, there's teenagers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm just Jordan, Jordan was great. Uh, and matter of fact, you, you, you actually met Jordan, so you know how Jordan mm-hmm. kind of killed Yeah, me. he's an awesome uh, kid, man. Awesome. Uh, he's going to kill me, but he was tough. It, it was, <laughs> yeah, um, some are. Yes, yes. Uh, but it was all worth it. He, he's great now. Um, so cruising. Me and Jordan, speaking of Jordan, we're going on a cruise. Yes. And you have gotten yes. together because apparently you are a fan of cruising uh, yeah. too. Uh, they're yep. going to be commercial pretty soon because me and Jordan are going to do a podcast from um, the new Carnival ship, Carnival uh, awesome. Celebration. So tell me about your cruising uh, experiences. Yeah. So we're, we're very new to it, but we fell in love with it right away. We did a Royal Caribbean cruise to the Bahamas, Jamaica, and uh, Haiti. Um, absolutely amazing. Like fell in love with it, uh, you know the things that some people were. Oh, you might not like this. You might not like. I love every bit of it, yeah. to the point that before we we got off the boat, we were already booking our next cruise. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. we loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Yeah, Royal Caribbean is a good choice. And they, they, their new ship, the Icon of the Sea, which is like yep. unfreaking believable. Yeah. Um, I came up to book it. Uh, we're going on the carnival, the carnival brand, which is the fun ships. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I wanted him to experience that because he's younger than I am, of course. So, yeah. um, got a Havana, Cuba type of yeah, um, cool. uh, setting. So, uh, we're gonna be doing that and trying some things online with that. So, yeah, cruise. I recommend cruising to anybody. Anybody. Uh, I was yep. the first. Well, my first cruise, I was afraid of it. I got an interior cabin, but no one. Knows. I was afraid of just jaws. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I loved it. Like I'm hooked. Yeah. I go yep. three times a year now. I, I go. That's awesome. <laughs> Gotta go. Um, so I spoiled ourselves right from the get go. Our very first <laughs> one was we had an ocean balcony, you know, room. Oh my god! Yeah, oh, I could never go to an interior. Oh, never. I need never. a view. I need the balcony. Yeah. What I like about it is that you get to, you know, you get to pay it over the course of a year, mm-hmm. and then when you're on the ship. Your food's taken care of. You're not, you're, you're you know, everything once. Yep. Um, it's, I think it's a good value. Oh yeah, most definitely. Mistaken Identity is headed to the Dominican Republic on the new Carnival Celebration in January of 2023, thanks to MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether you're looking to book a cruise, visit Walt Disney World, or spend some time on a private resort in a remote location around the world, MEI Travel is for you. Frank and Jordan are scheduled to set sail on January 3rd for seven nights on Carnival's newest ship, set to debut this November, and if that sounds like the type of thing you're interested in, MEI Travel has plenty of accommodations to fit all your travel desires. Contact Brock Taylor for all of your travel needs and to determine the best deals for you 
at mistakenidentitymedia at gmail.com. Hey everybody, Joe Flaherty here. Many of you know me and my history in both the fitness and journalism industries, and I'm happy to announce that I've done something that I've been wanting to do for many years now, and that's merge those two experiences by writing a book. I recently released my first publication, Building a Tailored Training Program, exclusively through Amazon and the Kindle Store. This book is not only loaded with science and references that illuminate best practices for building an effective training routine, it also dives into why strength training and building muscle is advantageous for everybody, not just for athletes or bodybuilders. In about 100 pages or so, you'll learn how muscles actually grow, what variables you need to consider to customize the program to fit your current fitness level, and I even include sample routines to get you thinking in the right direction. Now, if you or someone you know is spending any amount of time in the gym trying to gain strength, gain muscle, and lose body fat, this book can serve as a very helpful guide to avoid many of the same headaches I've experienced in my own training career by following cookie cutter programs and sketchy bro logic that don't really help anyone in the long run. So if you're interested, check out the show notes for a link directly to the listing on Amazon, and you don't physically need a Kindle to read this book. You can download the Kindle app for your computer or your mobile device and read the book there as well. So I hope you enjoy the content, and I hope to be releasing more work in the future. But if you've already downloaded the book, I sincerely thank you for your continued support. Now, speaking of uh, Cuba, which is um, a small segue into this, not correctly, Mm -hmm. but uh, last name is Ramirez. So tell us about your ethnic background, some of your mm-hmm. growing up with family, you know, where you're from, that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, I'm full Puerto Rican. Both my parents were born in Puerto Rico. Um, they met here in, in high school uh, in Chicago. Uh, they high school sweethearts um, got married. My older brother was the first one born here. I have three brothers. Uh, we lived in uh, Humble Park, northwest side of Chicago. Um, and enjoyed all things Puerto Rican and from holidays to food, to the culture, uh, in high school, I was in, I went to Lane Tech. I was in the Aspira club, which was a, a Puerto Rican founded club. Oh, you, so you I went learned, Tech? yes, sir. Class, I 97. Lane Tech. class 96. That's awesome. I knew a lot of people in class in 96, so that's cool. But, uh, yeah, I was in the Aspira club. I learned a lot about my culture. I'm kind of passionate about it. Worked with kids. Uh, and kind of saw how a lot of kids growing up don't know a lot about their background. So I made it a point to, with my kids, teach them about their culture and their background and where things uh, came from. So hopefully they can pass that on too. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of Lane Tech. Um, Jose and Parking, Morales, Lane Tech. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah a lot of us. But nice. uh, when I interviewed our boss, Justin, on the podcast, and mm-hmm. I just knew he was either Samoan or he was Hawaiian. And what do you say, Puerto Rican? I was, I was, yeah. I never even knew. That. I said I the like, same thing. Yeah, I was so yep. like, no clue. Wow, all yeah. that hair! I just knew he was Samoan. I thought he was from yeah. Rock. You know, I'm just like, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. To hear him say Puerto Rican, it completely it makes sense, but it is completely yeah, um, it shocked me. It did. I'm like, oh, okay. That's yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I knew the last name, but I was like, ah, oh, we'll see. <laughs> now, did you cook? You know, being Puerto Rican, do you cook? Yes. So it, oddly enough, out of me and my brothers, I was the one my mom taught me to cook. So I've been cooking since I was 12 years old. 
I'm the cook of the family. We're the ones that like host all the holidays. I cook my mom's recipes uh, and it worked out because my mom, my mom, my wife is a baker, not a cook. So we split duties. Yep. I even run a, a side business of, of catering, just small stuff like, you know, backyard barbecue type things, you know, anything like that uh, of Puerto Rican food. Okay, all right. Uh, now, my favorite food in the world is canes. I remember your last day, I got, got you some canes. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, Chris has gotten me into uh, different types of ethnic food, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Cuban sandwiches and Cuban mm-hmm. things. So Chris is really, really mm-hmm. good about that. So I'm learning. I'm getting into it. Good. Uh, good. But I love, even though I'm only 150 pounds, I don't gain a weight. Don't yeah, gain weight at all. I love to eat. <laughs> Very lucky. I eat all day, but I love to eat. Uh, now, tell me about baseball now were you a cubs fan to begin with were you bulls basketball like what, mm-hmm. what, were, what was your sports background so growing up i was a huge uh, football basketball guy um, i watched baseball because my my grandfather and my mom's side he loved baseball so whenever he was around always watch baseball with him grew up a cubs fan being on the north side um but you know especially in the 80s, it was football because the Bears were hot, you know. And then Jordan came around. The 90s was just straight basketball for the ten, next 10 years. Uh, I played basketball and football, only played baseball for fun. But in high school, all my buddies were on the baseball team. So I watched a lot of games. Um, so I'm a fan of baseball, fan of watching the Cubs, you know, early 2000s when they were good. Uh, so I always tease my kids that they know the Cubs when they're good. They never knew them when, you know, <laughs> us growing up and the lovable losers. Yeah. 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 It's funny because you know, I started in 94 and the Cubs had a table in the lunchroom at Lentec and they were recruiting. And mm-hmm. uh, that was when the Bulls were good. So, you know, I was from the West Side. So, yeah. uh, you know, they were like, hey, can we do it for one season? It's a summer job. You know, to my parents, yeah. my dad was like, oh, you know, you're black. And I'm honest, I'm not even lying. It's always like the Cubs. Why, why the Cubs? <laughs> Yeah. But uh, like I'll do, I'll just do it one season, and that was yeah. in '94. Yeah. Um, obviously, the story is I'm still, you know, around um, yeah. today. But it was Sammy Sosa that got me into that because I was there just to yeah. work. I wasn't really there. For, mm-hmm. I wasn't for the money, really. Yeah. That was yeah. Sammy Sosa situation. That Sammy Sosa, yeah. man, that was I'm hooked. And then Harry Carey. Yeah. I, yeah. I grew up watching, you know, Dawson and Sandberg, Mark Grace, Greg Maddox, although Dunstan. I grew up watching them. Uh, until the next group came along. So now, so what were you doing? And do you remember where you were at and what you were doing when the Cubs won the World Series? Um, I was at home. I, I remember being at home um, and I felt bad afterward because I sent my son to bed uh, during that rain delay. I was like, oh, that's just not going to come back on. He wanted to stay up, sent him to bed. Then it came back on. Of course, I finished watching, but I was at home when they won. Me and my brother you, you were texting. Back you you didn't wake him up? No, I didn't. I was too into the game. So <laughs> <laughs> I left him sleeping. He was a little upset the next day, but it, yeah, it worked out. Okay. All right. Uh, now, do you have any uh, favorite Cubs from growing up? Any favorite Cubs? Uh, growing up, I was a, a big Dawson fan. I was a big Mark Grace fan. He was just different. He, you know, batted with no gloves he played first base you know he was he was just good growing up i was a big fan of them uh aramis ramirez when he Ooh. was our third baseman loved the ramis man he was yeah. awesome and then after him javi bias was was my fun one to watch yeah i love ramis i was a huge uh Derek lee fan man I was yeah. Like, yeah he was awesome he, he 
I saw him at the last convention a couple of years ago. He can still play this. Like he's just huge. He's just like, yeah, yeah. Big guy. Big yeah. guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, now tell me, what do you think about, uh, what do you think about just in general? I saw on the news uh, the other day that um, I think five people uh, had got like kidnapped by Wrigley Field. Um, and for me and for you, we're there all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel completely safe all the time. I'm just like, I just sort of feel yeah. shocked by it. I'm just curious as to what you, what you mm-hmm. think about Wrigley Field, the, the neighborhood. Yeah, uh, and hearing what you hear nowadays about you know violence and crime, mm-hmm. I just don't see it. I don't feel it. Yeah. I'm not even afraid. Yeah. So uh, the trouble is when people hear like Wrigleyville or Wrigley Field area, they think of you know literally just the streets that surround the, the, right. the field, but it's so much bigger than that. You know, yeah. so if you look up like the addresses, they're nearby. They're within blocks or whatnot. But I think we all in security and safety do such a good job around our campus that like you said, we don't see it, but it is a little unnerving when you hear about what's going on just a few blocks away. Uh, so those are things that we heavily keep an eye on. We are aware of those things. We give reports of them uh, every day. So we keep on top of it all the time. So, and I got six minutes. So what do you do in the off season for fun? You know, season is mm-hmm. over, the pressure of it. I know you got to restart pretty soon because of, you know, winter land, whatever, but just outside yeah. of that, season is over. What are you mm-hmm. planning on for fun? What is your fun going to be? Uh, so my fun is uh, football season. I'm a big football. My kids know on Sunday it's football Sunday. Uh, so big into that. I, I play in a few fantasy football leagues. Um, I'm a bowler. So we went bowling last night as a family. I kicked all their butts, of course. Um, but I like bowling. Um, I'm a big relaxer, movies, TV, uh, that kind of stuff. But just really hanging out with my family. I'm into the seasons. Uh, like we'll go to a pumpkin patch or, you know, we'll do stuff like that. Christmas comes around, huge Christmas. Like I've been asking my wife if I could put up the Christmas tree. She keeps <laughs> saying no. But like I'm, I'm a big Christmas guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did with Jordan this year, Christmas in July. And That's cool. Yeah, everything. It was, yeah. Uh, it was That's cool. cool. Um, now, I would let my guest end by asking me a question. So, do you have uh, one question for me to end our discussion? One question for me. What do you do for fun outside of cruising and working? What is your, your you know, here in Chicago, what do you do for fun? That's a good question. What do I do for fun other than eating? What do I do for fun? Because yeah. um, I love to go out and, and travel to eat different things. Uh, you know, to, and I do too, so we'll have to swap some places. Yeah, I love to do that. There's, there's this new 2D restaurant that just opened up. Okay. You go inside. It's like, it's like you're sitting to, inside of a coloring book. The whole wall, everything is 2D. So that's my, my wow. Name. But that sounds cool. Uh, for fun. So me and Jordan have this tradition every month. It's called um, Sunday. Because uh, I do so much podcasting. I work with the Bears and the Cubs, yeah. whatever. That I really never have time for him. So yeah. mm-hmm. do a thing called Sunday, and that's one day for 24 hours that I can't do any work or ask the phone or social media, or whatever. And he gets to pick what we do, where we go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that is my fun right now. I think that is, but yeah. I'll, I'll be so consumed at work that I won't even take time mm-hmm. to do anything. I, I do the same thing with my son. Yeah, he calls I, them I, mandates. We go on. Oh, mandates. okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, but I think, yeah, I gotta say Sunday. I think Sunday is the day of That's the month awesome. that I look forward to. Yeah. Um, I can't have my phone. I can't do any work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that's what I do for fun. Um, pretty much we go to the aquarium or we go out to eat or do whatever. 
Uh, That's cool. I can't, I can't yell at him and curse him out. <laughs> one day that he can give me some bad news. Like, by the yeah. way, I'm switching this dude tomorrow. Like, what? Right. <laughs> yeah. But I, th- I think that, I think just living and uh, enjoying those moments, you know, yeah. um, uh, that's, that, that's probably fun for me. It's important. Yeah, it's very important. Well, Israel, it has been great. I'm glad we finally got a chance to uh, catch up and do this. Um, me too. I'm sure that I will be seeing you at some point at the convention. Yep, for uh, sure. Oh, the Winterland at some point. Yep. Uh, but thank you very much. And any final word you want to say to all the many club staff that listen to this podcast? <laughs> Uh, from the bottom of my heart, seriously, thank you for everything, you know, all the support along the way. I am truly blessed to not only have this job, but have the, the Cubs family behind me uh, through everything that I go through. All right. Thank you, Israel. And thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Hey guys, if you're hearing my voice here again, that means we've reached the end of the show. It's that time again for all the thank yous and special messages and disclaimers, you know, all the stuff you really tune in for each week. A big thank you yet again to all of our supporters who not only continue to tune into our show, but take the time to hit the like button, write reviews, and share our content on social media. It all really helps us grow our audience. Our Patreon page continues to thrive as well as we're working not only on the podcast, but the Roku channel and the book club and on and on and on. If you'd like to be a part of that expanding Mistaken Identity experience, follow the link in our show notes to our Patreon page or go to patreon.com and search Mistaken Identity Podcast for all the ways you can sign up to access this multitude of additional content. Mistaken Identity is also now a part of the Unconfined Network, which is a home to many podcasts whose hosts have met inside the walls of Wrigley Field. Check out the network's other show offerings. Head to unconfinednetwork.com. That's all one word, unconfinednetwork.com, to view all of our shows and their catalogs. Shouts out to Frank Walker, Jesse Graham, and Jordan Burks for their continued efforts both in front and behind the scenes to keep Mistaken Identity rolling along every week. And of course, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. This is Joe Flaherty from the Mistaken Identity Podcast saying stay safe, and we'll catch you next time beyond the ballpark. Thank you.